Hey everybody, Matt Camp here with Deal Machine. Uh, we're proud to team up with Tom Zeeb here to give you guys a ton of free stuff. So our goal here is to give you the free toolkit to get out there and start finding off-market deals. Um, we're proud to say we're the highest rated and most reviewed app out there to go find off-market deals. And we've had over 10,000 deals done using the Deal Machine app. Now, when you download it, you can get it for free at tomzeeb.com slash dealmachine, and you'll get a seven-day free trial with that. And jumping into Deal Machine, you'll be able to go out there, start driving for dollars, start pulling lists, start finding the most motivated sellers in your market. And then you can start marketing to them directly. You can skip trace, you can send them postcards, you can knock on their door. There's a variety of things that we can help you out with using our technology. And then from there, you can actually evaluate the deals, You know, comp it, use our AI assistant to help you out there as well. You really get the full toolkit to go from you know having no real estate experience to landing your first deal using technology. So it's tomzeeb.com slash deal machine for that free trial. With it, if you go through that link, you're going to get $30 free in marketing credits that cover a couple hundred free skip traces or 50 free postcards, give you everything that you need to start reaching out to sellers. So um, get out there and happy deal finding. This is what I do. I mean, if you come across anyone of your clients in the bank that's struggling, you know, I, I, I'm, I can help them, you know. No, I, I'm banking you because you all do a great job and I refer people to you all. So I'm hoping somewhere along the line, you know, someone comes in here with a problem that I talk to everybody. That's what I define as everybody, everybody that you, want, you run into. You talk to your friends from back in the school, wherever. Yeah, and, and why should you be, be shy of, of what you do? Welcome to the Get Traction Podcast. If you are ready to learn exactly what it takes to become a real estate entrepreneur, this is the show for you. With your host, founder of Traction Real Estate Mentors and president of the Traction Real Estate Investors Association, Tom Zeeb. Welcome back to the Get Traction Podcast. It's Tom Zeeb, and I've got a super special guest again this week. It's Godfrey De La Rosa, one of my top students of all time. And Godfrey, you know why you're tops? It's because you've gone from zero to hero. And that's what I want people to hear. What's that journey to go kind of behind the eight ball from zero to hero? So what do you think? Well, you know, um, at one point in time, yes, I, I was very much interested in, in real estate investing and got involved in it and purchased some rental properties away from home, not in, in, my, in my current market. And they were going good for a while till the um, real estate and the economy took a downturn. And I got hit hard and liquidated properties I had because I had no more tenants, you know, and sort of like backed away for a while. And so let me think too, let me stick to what I know best, which is the restaurant business and um, figure out what I'm going to do. And a friend of mine approached me and asked me, hey, you know, now is a good time to get back in it, you know, things are starting to look up and if you get it now, it could be great and fantastic. I say, well, yes, I'm interested, but, you know, I, I, I need to have some structure, some guidance as to what I'm going to do. Because in the past, all I did was read all these little articles that was on, on the internet and said, okay, I think I can do it. One of the first things that caught my attention was to seek out a local um, real estate club or association, you know. So I, I went online and I started looking and I came across Mr. Tom here, you know. So I did some research on it and I said, okay, um, I'm going to go to one of the meetings and, and take a look and see what it's all about. And I went there and I said, oh, Mr. Tom Z, because a lot of times they'll have folks that are oh, so-called, what we call gurus now, you know, would say, hey, come to this webinar, come to this meeting, and when you go there, it's some third-string person that is offering the information, not the person themselves. And I, when I got there, I was, oh, it's the same guy on the internet, on the website. That's here. I said, well, that's refreshing. Sat down there the first day, and I said, oh, okay, this is something. I mean, if I, if I want to build, you know, they said to join, you know, so I said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to join. So I, I did join. I think I went online and, and joined. They had, they had, at that point in time, it was done by the quarter that you, you join and you, you, you pay for the membership by the quarter. So I joined and I said, okay, I'm here. And the whole idea behind it too, because I was reading this other successful 
invest the instructions. Now he wasn't pointing things to himself to make you come to him. He was putting all the information there to, to let you know um, what to do and how to go about doing it as far as getting started. You know, and like I said, one of the first things was to join a club and, and um, join a group and get involved and then see the, 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 the benefits of that is that you get to, to meet like-minded people and you get to do um, some networking and, and hear different ideas and different topics, which was very useful. I, I showed up every Wednesday because at the time it was Wednesdays in Maryland. So I, I showed up every Wednesday. The Wednesdays, I think it was once a month on a Wednesday up in Greenbelt that these, these um, meetings were held. And it was close to where I lived, which made it quite easy for me. And on top of that, I made a commitment kick. So I said, okay, I know I have a busy schedule as far as my job is concerned. So what I did, I rearranged the schedule so that I would have Wednesday evenings free so I could attend these meetings. Once a month, I, I could arrange that, have a Wednesday evening free so that I could attend the meetings. And, um, Went there and started to listen to what Tom was saying. And at first, I didn't buy his course. Um, at the time, I still needed to get some funds to get the course. And, you know, was putting things into play, listening to what was being told and how to go about doing it. So, like, putting people in place so they could get me to the, to the next level. And when I say people in place, you know, they, they, um, uh, he spoke about his um, marketing ideas and stuff. So... I listened to that, and then I finally did to went and bought the course. Went straight to marketing, and like every business, I am in the restaurant business. Like any business, you you don't you don't make your money. You don't be successful on, unless you do some marketing and you get some what we call in the real estate business leads in. You know, yeah, it, it, it don't it don't happen without that. So that's that's where I went straight to the, the, the marketing bit. You know, because once you get the, the leads in, you know. Then we followed the worksheet that I followed the worksheet that Tom had. Do you follow it to the T exactly as always is written? No, because the conversation sometimes takes a roundabout way. You know, um, so you go with the flow and you, you try to get the um, seller, the motivated seller, the person with the problem, you know, um, at ease, comfortable speaking to you. And I am lucky enough and fortunate enough that the business I'm in, it, it entails a lot of interaction with people, you know, so it, it, it wasn't difficult for me to talk to people. So you recognize the need to customize what I taught you and how I taught you, customize it for you, your personality, and your style. Yes. And I think every, everyone, everyone that, that in any type of business should, should um, focus on customizing it to their style because the last thing, you want to do or want to sound like is a robot and that you really know for script <laughs> because I don't know about you, but, but I get calls from people that are trying to get me involved in something and they really know for script. And the sad thing about it is that they don't stop to listen to what you got to say. <laughs> they, 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 they very much intended on, on following that script. You know, it, it aggravates me, you know, and I put myself when I'm talking to someone in, in that same situation, same scenario. And I'm like, okay, I don't want a song aggravating. So if yep. they got a story to tell me, I'm going to listen to the story for a little bit and try and segue back into our original discussion so that they don't feel like I'm just trying to push something on them that I'm, I'm willing to listen to. And part of my job uh, and, and what I'm good at is, is listening to people. You know, both employees and guests is listening. Yes. As, as that is, that is, you know, go ahead. I think scripts are a big problem. A lot of people push scripts because, well, it gives them something to sell and they, they can say, hey, you know, my way is going to work. But a script is rigid and a script is annoying to the person being read through a script. I, I mean, I think we've all had instances where the, you know, the cable company or the uh, phone company or the, you know, you're getting an appliance repair. They, they bring you through a script and it's annoying because you're stuck in that person's script. I don't want to teach you a script because they don't work anymore. They, they might've worked in the eighties, but they don't work now. You're better off following a framework. That way you can, you know what the parameters are, but you can freestyle within the framework and you can freestyle in a way that fits you like a glove. It fits your personality like a glove. Yeah. And, and, and the thing is you have that idea, that framework, and you just use it to support what you're going to see. 
So you have, you know, you have the highlighted questions in bold. So you know you got to touch that question. You know you got to touch this one next. You know. So you, you you talk and then you work your way into that question and and it makes it comfortable for the the person on the other end to answer the question. There's no hesitation because you all are having a conversation. Boom, the question drops right in. I don't know how many times you're having a conversation with somebody and they just throw a question in at you and you answer it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so that is how I play it out. With with everything I that I that I see going on uh, and you ask the question, you know, I went from zero to to where I'm at now, you just got to be consistent with what you're doing. And you got to be committed. And you, you got to make, make up your mind. You might be tired one night. You might be tired one morning. You might be tired one evening. You might have something happening. But you have your goal set. And you say, this is what I'm going to do today at this time, particular time, or around this particular time. Because something in front of it may take just a little longer. You know, but mm. you, you make up your mind that this is what you have to get to before the day is over, before your day is over. And it was a, a lot of being very consistent. And one of the biggest, uh, and this is me personally, I, I, I can't speak for anyone else, but one of the, the biggest successes I've had with, with it, believe it or not, is not the bandit signs, okay? It, it's not the mailers. You know, it, it has been word of mouth. You're doing great with word of mouth. Yes. Everyone that I talk to, I tell them what I do, why I do it. Everyone that I come across. Define everyone for me, Godfrey. Define everybody. You, ha- you, you run across how many people in the, in, in, the, in the daytime when you're up, you know, when you go out into the street, when you go to the supermarket, when you go to the gas station, when you... When you're just walking along the street, if you have a dog and you're walking your dog, you know, you have a child, you're walking the child. How many people you, you run into and you say hi to, you nod your head to, you wave your hand to, you have a little conversation with, it may be, good morning, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Hey, and it's a little pop, conversation pop up, you know? And I go to the bank, I, I tell the, the, the manager in the bank what I do. Hey, you know what? You know, this is what I do. And if you come across any one of your clients in the bank that's struggling, you know, I, I, I'm, I can help them, you know. You know I, I'm banking you because you all do a great job and I refer people to you all. So I'm hoping somewhere along the line, you know, someone comes in here with a problem that you, you'll be happy to send them my way. I talk to everybody. That's what I define as everybody. Everybody that you, you run into. You talk to your friends from back in the school, wherever. You're proud of it and you're not shy about it. You're going to ask people because that's the way you're, that's the number one way you're marketing and expanding your business. Yeah, and why should you be be shy of of what you do? I mean, first of all, it's a business that you, you you're trying to run, okay? From for most of us, we have a passion for it. I know that there are some that come out and say they want to do real estate and they want to be an investor and they, they want to do it, but what they're looking at is all the fluff around and how much money you can make, but don't understand what needs to go into it to make that money. You know, so and like they think it's oh, I've come in and you do this. Like you have the nice little animations when you're doing your presentation. So now it's simple, but it's different from being easy. You know, and if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. And then that seems to be a, a little problem that they're having now is that all these different crews and shows they have on television and they're making it look that hey, you could get, you could make millions and. 60 days and 30 days and, you know, and, and they, they, I think they failed to, to, to put in the effort you got to you put into it to make it happen. There's some effort. <laughs> Wait a minute. Are you saying you're not going to be a millionaire by Tuesday? No, I'm not going to be a millionaire by Tuesday. <laughs> well, we might as well quit now then. If you can't do it, if you can't do it in 48 <laughs> hours, what's the point? <laughs> <laughs> And, and, and they, 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 they approach it like it's, it's get rich quick thing instead of being methodical with your steps yeah. and going from one step to the next step to the next step to the next step. You know, they just say, okay, I'll do my wholesale deal and ah, and they may make $5,000 and then they say, oh, okay. And they go again and they, they're trying to get it, but there's always a stumble, there's always rejection 
into the first one, after the first one. There's always rejection after the second one. There's always that gap where nothing is coming in and you try to say a question, oh man, was it locked the first time? You know, was it locked the second time? Mm -hmm. And they, they start staying away from the objectives and the methods they need to keep in place, you know? And a, and a point I want to make that I don't think anyone listens to what you're saying at times, you know? And I, I see a lot of bandits saying, a lot of people wholesaling and trying to wholesale the wholesale deal and, and all, all, all that stuff. And, and the, the, the thing that I, I picked up, one of the most important things to me that I picked up from, from your training and, and listening to you speak is, and I, I heard from a couple of reputable real estate investors that are not gurus, that are not out there trying to push an agenda, you know, they, they just let you know, um, hey, wholesaling is a stepping stone to where you want to go. Okay, it's the easiest way to start, or let me rephrase that, it's the simplest way to start, okay, with, <laughs> with very little cash on hand. You don't need much to do it, but very, very little cash on hand, the right documents, and you can get it done. Now, when you start making, a, do a couple of wholesales, you got to start looking at, at how you're going to diverse your portfolio and how you're going to have that um, passive income, as I call it coming into you because that wholesale money could get wiped out in a month or two with marketing. <laughs> yeah. You know? So you got to find ways to, to, to create a, a passive in income. And a gentleman that I, that I, that I um, talked to that is very successful in, in the real estate business also like yourself, you know, he, he keeps telling me, he say, get that monthly check coming into the mailbox. Good, you got the whole ceiling done, great, you know, but that money's going around. You got to have something coming in all the time. Start looking at a couple of rental portfolios. Now, you say, I'm not talking about tenants and toilets type of deal that you have to deal with, okay? But what I'm talking about is looking at a, at a start duplex and fourplex, start small and build a portfolio from there. And you see, the reason why you see duplexes and, and fourplexes, you know, and probably get comfortable at six and before you move into anything bigger, to say because when you have like a duplex or a fourplex, if one tenant leaves you, you still have three paying. Yeah. See, so with a single family home renting, that tenant leaves, you've got to now go fix up the place and hopefully find another tenant within a month or two. Yeah, you've got a John Hall. Yeah. So your general plan with wholesaling is to wholesale to earn cash and then invest it in um, multi-unit properties to create cash flow. That's correct. That's a beautiful plan. That is correct. Jeffrey, I want to I dig a little deeper. You mentioned that at the beginning you had a job. I want to know what that job was. And since I, I know what it was, but I, I want you to tell everyone what it was. And then how did you find the time? Because I think a lot of people struggle with carving the time out of their busy day with their full-time job and their family and everything else they got to do. How on earth are they going to be able to find the time to start? Okay, I, I had a job. I was in the restaurant business. I'm still in the restaurant business. Okay, I've invested some of my money into, into two restaurants. Okay, and I had a, a, a job that required me to be there for minimum, minimum, of 10 hours a day. And my minimum among the <laughs> yeah, minimum. Okay? And I'm talking about maximum. How many days a week? Five days a week, sometimes six days a week. All right. So 50 to 60 hours a week. Yeah. So it was, a, well, it was a minimum of 55 hours a week. So it was 11 hours a day at five days, right? I've never seen anything less than 60 hours a week. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I've never seen anything less than 60 hours a week. And when I first started, when I first started coming to you, Tom, at that point in time, I had no supporting classes where I was, and I was doing roughly 72 hours a week. No lie. When you first met me, you were doing 72 hours a week in the restaurant business? Yes. I had no one there. I had the vice president of the company volunteer to give me a break and come one day and this was the break, okay? The break was 
I'm going to come in um, in the morning for you, so you don't have to get up early, and you come in around three o'clock. Okay. But, <laughs> oh, how very, how very kind of him. Right, of her, and <laughs> and 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 I normally get up early in the morning anyway. I'm an early riser, you know. And I I went in, had nothing else to do. I I did a couple things, but. I kind of strain away from what you asked me. But anyway, I'll get back to what you asked. So, 72 hours a week, okay? And what I did, because I, I was committed and I wanted to make sure this worked, you know, I had to be in Virginia for 9 in the morning. Now, I don't know if anybody knows the drive from Maryland, Boogie, Maryland, to Tyson's Corner, Virginia, what it is like between 6.30 in the morning and 9 o'clock. But that, that you're looking at a good two-hour drive. The traffic. Oh yeah, the commute's ridiculous. If you, as a crow flies, it's not that bad, but it's some of the worst traffic in the country. Yeah. So a two-hour commute in the morning, and you were expected to be at your restaurant. You're the manager of the restaurant. Yes, right? I was the general manager of the restaurant, so I was expected to be at the restaurant by nine o'clock in the morning. And what I did is that I would get up at four in the morning and put in two hours worth of real estate work into it and then leave out and go to work. Now, in between, I never walked the restaurant floor with my phone on me, okay? Because I had a rule that no phones allowed, and I abide by that rule, the rule that we, I put in place. No phones allowed. I think it's rude to be dealing with people and, and constantly looking at your phone and on your phone, you know? So that was the rule. You're old school. Yeah, so phones were to be put away, and I kept mine put away in the office. So if I had a break, I had to go back into the office to, to check on something, to do something. I would look at the phone and I would see the calls that I have or the text messages or the emails that I have. And then when I, when I get a break after the lunch rush and everything quiet down, I would go and make those, those calls and those um, emails. And it was getting a bit hectic for me. So I went ahead and hired a virtual assistant, okay, which was pretty cheap. And... She started handling all the calls and sending me emails and who to follow up. And I told her what particular time to, to let them know that I would be calling, you know, because that would be the time that I know I would be free to give them a call and follow up on the calls. And Wait a minute. So because you were busy with your full-time job, you hired a virtual assistant to do the busy work for you. Yeah. And she basically shortlisted the calls and the deals that made sense and what did she do email them to email them to me with, with um all what the the seller said to her because she would ask basic questions um what's your name what's your address you know how much you're looking for the property why are you looking to sell it you know i i sent her some a little questionnaire you know to, to, to get some information and i would also ask what is a good time for mrs delarosa to call you back you know uh, what day and time would be good for him? Could he call you back later on in the day? Could he call you back at night? You know, we, we try to, because if I could call back at night, when I leave at 8 o'clock, you know, they'll ask, hey, would 9 mm -hmm. o'clock be a good time to call you back or 8.30? I used to tell her, try not do 9 o'clock, because at 9 o'clock, a lot of people start shutting down and getting ready for bed. Yeah. Have, you know? So I told her the latest would be 8.30, you know? Uh, and, and she would say, you only need about 15 minutes of your time or 20 minutes of your time, you know? Most people yeah. agree to 15 minutes. Sometimes it'll, it'll go longer than that because they get into it and they start talking to you and they don't realize how the time is going by, you know? Yeah. So I had a, a virtual assistant. I also had a, a real estate agent um, that I knew that was investor-friendly, which sent me the, the ones that are long days on market, or even tell me, hey, Godfrey, this is a property that you should get and I could get it for you from... For, for less than what they're asking and would advise me as to, to, to what to bid and stuff, you know. A couple of houses that I that I bought and rehabbed and, and sold, I got it through her, you know, and we got it at a very good price. But, um, case in point, house that I got in Okumahaparo, picked it up. They, they were asking 156 for it, and I we picked it up for 137, you know, 136. Picked it up for 136, and I put um, 40000 into it. I then went ahead and listed it for 269 And 
got a buyer when my minimum that I was going to take for the property was 245. That was the minimum I was going to take for it. And um, listed it for 269, got an offer for 259, and got another offer for 249. And I took the offer for 249, another one for 259. And when I, when I, Give all the story. They say, well, what the two fifty nine was ten grand more than what than the two forty nine, and just ten grand less than the two sixty nine. I said, I looked at who could close. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was looking at the money. <laughs> their ability to perform, their ability to close, their ability for you to actually get paid was more important than someone else offering 10,000 more, but being a little shakier on their ability to close. On the ability to close, yes. Because when I look at the, 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 the both offers, you know, one, the, the one, the 249 was, was a VA and had all the funding in place and could have closed next week. Yeah. The other one was still struggling with the funding. Wasn't too sure, you know, and would let me know by the end of the week, you know, but this is the offer. And I'm like, no, I'm going with the 249. I need to get the house up. <laughs> I yeah. need to get paid, you know. <laughs> and 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 I always follow the rule that my my dad always told me. He said, "Listen, half a loaf is better than no loaf at all." Yeah, you know. So, so I I sort of like live by that rule when it comes to to, to thinking things through and seeing what I'm going to get. I'm like, okay, should I go for big or should I take what I know? I'm going to get for sure. Yeah. But so you made, you made over $70,000 in your first deal. Yeah. Yeah. That's not messing around. That's, I mean, that's coming out of the gate super strong. What were, what were you worried about? What, I mean, because I mean, that's a heck of a transition to go. You're full-time employed. I, I mean, full-time plus, I mean, they're, they're, I mean, they're almost have you working at, it's almost like two full-time jobs, even though it's one, you must've been worried about something. What, I mean, what, what were the, what were the thoughts and the feelings going through your head? Well, uh, the, the biggest concern was getting over to the fat lady sings. And I was worried about not closing the deal. I know everything was in place, but it's not going because I've learned in, in, in my little span on, earth, on this planet Earth here that anything could happen in the last minute and throw everything <laughs> in the bamboo. Yeah. You know, I've learned that. So, you know, when people say, oh, congratulations, it's, it's, it's weird, 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 weird. When the check, when the money hits the bank, come, come on, congratulate me. Don't start that yet, you know. And <laughs> they, had, they had issues with their, with their um, funding. You know, they had issues with getting the money transferred. You know, there were a lot of little issues. And I mean, I was a nervous wreck, you know. I was a nervous wreck till they say it's all done. Your money is going to be in the bank. It's been wired, blah, blah, blah. So you see it by, I think it took two days for it to get in, you know? Because I asked for a check. Said, oh, no, we, we, yeah. we, do, we do wires here, you know? I said, that's fine. As long as I get my serial, forget the check. Go wire it. <laughs> yeah, you know? give me the faster it clears, the better. Yeah, because it ain't over till it's over. Yeah. It's not over till it's over. You know, and I, I've learned that because I've had ones where, you know, everything is going right and, you know, dates are set and then whoop, it falls apart. Yeah, that's your first deal, Godfrey. What did you wind up doing in total the first 12 months of your business? The first 12 months, okay. It was, it was huge because I had a 70 and then I had a couple small ones in between, you know, because I would, I would take small, small adds up to big, okay? I think that the, the first year, well, the first year and a half was like 250000 Massive. You walked out of my boot camp and did about a quarter of a million dollars in business. It was not easy. By being motivated and focused. No, not easy. Cause, no, because most people don't, most people don't do it. Most, you got to focus and you got to implement. I mean, what it wasn't easy because it took effort and it took work and it took focus and determination. But what changed? What changed in you from before my boot camp to afterwards? What changed in me? Listening to you talk and talk about it, you know, putting the steps in place and having someone that, that 
hosting the whole program and, 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 and in charge of the whole program, actually in front of you talking about it. Um, the, the, the group of people is not large, where it's a big auditorium with, with thousands of people standing up there and everybody all hyped up and stuff. And what yeah. changed with, with me is, you know, I, I realized that, and I did a lot of reading to it, Tom, as far as business and motivation and stuff. And, and what changed with me is that, you know, if, if you want to do something, you've you got to remain focused, okay, which is what, what you always spoke about. Remain focused and remain consistent with what you do. Okay, it's, it's all about consistency. Getting there, I said, it's, it's not going to be free. Nothing is free. And, and every, every, everything that I, that I do and all the money that I invest, because I don't like to use the word spend. You spend money when you go buy a car. You know? <laughs> when, you, when you go to the supermarket, you spend money. I mean, you're getting food in return, but that soon dissipates, you know? Anything that I do with, with real estate or any business that I'm in, and any money that I spend with it's for material to get me to the next level or, or to attend a webinar or whatever it may be, if it costs something, you know, I, I, I say I've invested in myself, you know? Yeah. Well, and that's, uh, that's a point a lot of people miss. There's a difference between a cost and, I mean, a cost... Cost first investment. A cost is something you have to spend the money on, and then it's basically gone. It was a consumable; right. it's gone. You used it up. But an investment, like education in yourself, or doing, is where you expect to get a return. So, if you spend ten dollars, you expect to make fifteen. If you spend a thousand dollars, you expect to get a couple grand back. That's an investment. There's an improvement on your money. It's not just something you spent that disappears. Yeah. What happens a lot of time with the trainings is that. I think they have they don't understand the cost investment uh, paradigm. So they they spend the money, don't do anything, and then yeah, then it was a cost. But if you spend the money and do something with what you learned, you turn it into the investment it's supposed to be from the beginning. Exactly, and 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 when I when I spend my money and when I invest my money, before I invested, I said, okay, what am I going to get out of this that is going to at least double. The two dollars I put in, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What is going? Yeah. What is going to give me four dollars? When I when I bought your course, you know, when I paid for it and stuff, I said I had to do a lot of what you call self-convincing. If you stick with the program, you're going to double your money, at least double your money with a, with one wholesale deal, you know, even if it's a five a five thousand um, dollar assignment fee, at least going to double your money if you follow the steps. That's the minimum. You did a lot more than that. <laughs> you know, that's the minimum you do. And the maximum, well, there, there's, a, there's a whole lot you know about the maximum part, you know? And it, it's, yeah. it's, just a, it's just a matter of um, taking it, focusing, and implementing it. Like you say, I have a lot of material. I have material from a whole bunch of people because I used to buy stuff, you know, just buy stuff, you know, and read it through. And, and some of them were, were not, well, majority of them were not as clear cut as what you had. Okay? And and I'm I'm saying this because I own the product that you have. So I can say that and it has it has benefited me. You know, they have other people's products that I buy out there that I live and die by. And one of them is, is a product that helps me evaluate the property, puts together a whole marketing sheet with the whole performer, with all the numbers. And when I present you with a deal, if it's a wholesale deal, there's, there's no question as to, okay, so how much money I'm going to make? Do I need to take away the closing costs? Do I need to take away this cost? And do I, no, I put everything in there. And I actually give people two scenarios. I give them a scenario if they pay all cash, what they'll end up with. And I give them a scenario if they use hard money or private money, what they will end up with. I include all the fees and all the, the, the closing cost stuff, everything, and a brief summary budget of what they expect to spend on certain things to get it done. You know, so, so when, when they get it from me, you look at it and you say, okay, all the numbers are there, you know? Um, this is some, and you could know the ones that know this stuff because they look at it, and by the time they, they read through the first two pages, they, they know, okay, this is a good deal. 
you know, too many times people come to me with wholesale deals and they say, oh, the after repair value is 400,000, 400, I'm, I'm selling it for 200,000 and the repair cost is 50,000, so your, your um, profit is 150. No, it ain't. <laughs> you know, you, you've got to be a little more specific on, uh, on, on that, you know? Yeah, that's one of my giant pet peeves is uh, quote-unquote wholesalers or so-called wholesalers who are really flubbing their way through the numbers just from not learning the business properly. They give everyone a bad name and they make a lot of a lot of people suspicious of it, but it, it, it's not – that doesn't produce a deal. That doesn't, it, all they wind up doing is getting disappointed and aggravating everybody in the process. Yeah, you've got, you've got to know your numbers right and your numbers have to be realistic for what your buy because your buyers are looking realistically of course they are they're the ones fronting the money they're going to look at things very bottom line and very realistically yeah and i i get my deals funded with that same program i break it all down and and then i put my offer as to what i'm going to give you in return for you putting your money investing your money you know i get funded yeah what's the best lesson i taught you i mean if you had to sum it up what's like what stands out the best lesson, I, I, would, I would say there are two lessons that, that you taught me that stands out, okay? And, and, and one, one really can do with all the other, I think, personally. And, and that would be marketing. Get, get the word out there. Let people know what you're doing. You know, get, get the leads coming to you, okay? The other one that goes hand in hand is when they get the leads coming to you, you've got to be able to negotiate. Negotiate, yeah. And the negotiation part, I put a little above the marketing because I, I've done a lot of marketing in, in the past and in my jobs, not too much negotiating. I'm normally the guy they're trying to beat down, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right. You're on the other I'm side. I'm on the other side of the fence, you know? So, <laughs> so um, the nego- negotiating and the, and the techniques and stuff, and you've got, you've got to be, be firm with your... your your negotiation, you know, and I was talking to one of your, one of your um, students, you know, and that, that's a little um, issue that tends to follow him. He's, he's not too um, strong. He's getting much better, he told me, you know, and I said, well, that's good. I, I told him what I do and what I see, you know, and then there's a point where I stick to my guns, and if you, if you can't do that, then, okay, tough. Come back to me when you can. You know, because you, you don't want to put yourself in a position where you go too low and then you can't do much with it, if anything at all. And then you stop trying to find anybody and anything to try and get this property off your hands. And then you can't. And then you have to go back with your tail between your legs and tell the, the, the seller, hey, sorry, no deal. You know? Yeah. So you got to do it right. You've got to negotiate it right. Yeah. You've got to negotiate it right. You know, now, granted, have I made mistakes with negotiating? Sure, I have. You know, sure I have. Sure I made some blunders. Sure I said, man, I should have done this instead. You know, but you live, you learn. You know, the important thing is this this process here and this what we do is every day you're learning something. And I'm pretty sure you're still learning, Mr. Tom. I don't think we ever stop learning in this business <laughs> because it's ever changing. Yeah. It's ever changing. Yeah, stay current and you always learn. And I'll state that. I know we're talking about the, the quarter of a million dollar your first year, but it's been about four or five years since you started with me. So, it, and you've had a fabulous real estate career since then. Yes, I, I actually have things going on. Matter of fact, I told you I was leaving on, on Friday, you know, because we have um, yeah. two properties in Trinidad that we need to really jump on. It's been at a stalemate for a few years now. And you know, I, I, I told my my brothers are uh, my business partners down there. All right. And I and I told them um that this junction in, in um Trinidad where it's going to be a high demand for rentals. And I, yeah. I look at the news a lot. And one of the things that I, I wanted to mention on this year is that the news is very helpful in operating your business too, you know? How so? Read all the crap that is being said because there, there are changes happening. And I'll give you an example of what's happening in Trinidad. Okay, there's a high influx of immigrants from Venezuela that's coming to Trinidad. And they're going to Colombia too. Colombia shut down the borders, Trinidad just 
shut down the waters a bit. There are over 40,000 immigrants on that little tiny island of Trinidad and Tobago. Okay? And they ain't got no way to live. And they just did a registration to register some of them and give them papers so they could start working in Trinidad. And because Trinidad is going to accommodate what they can, you know? So, so right now, you know, they're going to have, they're going to have to start looking for some way to live. Okay? So we're looking to, to pick up and rent. That's what we're looking to do. So you see with the news, things are happening. You know, the same thing happens in this country too. You know, things happen and it, it brings opportunity. You know, it may not be right. Or when I say right, it, it may be somebody's hardship, you know, but it's still an opportunity because you helping out, helping them out in their hardship. You're not taking advantage because one of the things that I, I mentioned with, with my brother and them, we're not going to take advantage, but we're going to make the best of the opportunity that there is. Yeah, it's happening. Like it or not, right or wrong, whatever you think, it doesn't matter. It's happening. And so as an investor, you got to look at that and analyze what's what's actually happening. Yeah. And just to be real clear, in case anyone didn't pick up on that, you're you're originally from Trinidad and, and Tobago. Is Tobago or Tobago? Tobago. Tobago. Sorry, Trinidad and Tobago. And uh, I put the accent on the wrong syllable, I suppose. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and you still do some deals back home as well. Yes, I do. Matter of fact, I, I have to meet up with my cousin because she's big on it in, in Trinidad, you know. And I'm going to see what she does, what she does down there, you know, because I'm pretty sure, you know, I haven't wholesale anything down there, but I'm pretty sure there's a way to do it. And I spoke to my attorney down there and um, I showed her your documents and said, you could use these down here, you know. And I'm like, okay. Because she read it and she said, yeah, you could, you could use these. I said, okay. And I, 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 there we go. I told her what the plan was and stuff. And she said, yeah. She don't know how the system works up here. And she was trying to explain to me how it works yeah. in Trinidad, you know. So I'm going to get with my cousin and, and, and find out some more. Because there are a lot of, we are at this stage now where my parents, the, the, my generation, their parents are dying off, okay. And there's a lot of vacant properties here or siblings that have the properties, but they all live abroad. Okay, so they're stuck with the property now. and 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 train that have these squatting right laws that if somebody go up inside and stay long enough, it's theirs. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no thanks. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, get, get the deal done before the squatters take there over. There you go. And yeah, that's interesting. I always, I always talk with my contracts. You know, the legal contracts, big, big component of the system. You got to be you know, legally safe and sound and understand legally what you're doing. But I always tell people, you know, they work in all 50 states and the District of Columbia, and I, uh, I need to make sure I also say Trinidad, Tobago. It works. I, I sat down and, and spoke with her, you know, and she said it, it works. So you have some good material here that, that, um, that has worked for me, and I know it has worked for a couple of your students too because I speak with them and they have used it and they haven't had a problem with it. So. Yeah, fantastic. Guffrey, what would you say your toughest obstacle's been? What's the number one roadblock or hurdle or obstacle that got in your way that you overcame to become massively successful? I, I was too focused on funding, on money, having the money to do the deal, you know? And I always thought that you used to have money and it used to be my key back. Even when I started coming to you, I said, man, Oh, I'm going to do this. I ain't got a, a dime because, you know, I, I mentioned to you what my situation was when I came to you, you know, mm-hmm. and I said, oh, I'm going to do this, you know, and I said, you know what, I'm just going to do it and I'm going to figure it out when it comes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I said, I'll just, I'll just figure it out when, it, when, it, when I get to that bridge, you know. I said, but I'm just going to You're going to make it happen and cross that bridge when you get there, not let not let your problems or your situation or any kind of shortcut, not let that, just get to the point, get to that bridge and then cross it. Don't, don't bail out in advance out of pointless fear. Yeah. I was, I I made up my mind. I'm going to get it. And I was making offers left, right and center. I mean, you name it. I trade out you. Nope. They say, nope, 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 nope. And I just keep going. I say, somebody is going to say yes. Yeah. You know, somebody's going to say yes. And, and it reminds me of a, of a motivational um, seminar that I went to. 
And I never forget the guy saying, listen, in life, you're going to come to a lot of doors and they won't open for you, you know? And you're going to keep trying. And a lot of you all here, gonna, after a while, just give up, you know? I will never get an open door and give up. You go about your business. And, and the other half would, would think, you know, maybe the next door is the one that's going to open. And sometimes that's the case. You only had one more door to go to before it opened. And you gave up just before that. So from that little speech, I made it a point that I am going to be opening, trying to open every door till one opens. So the biggest obstacle is yourself if you let a closed door stay closed. If you don't keep trying every door. If you don't gotcha. keep trying, how would you know if, you, if you're going to succeed? How would you know if you're going to get yes? How would you know that this last one that you look at, if you don't talk to them and make an offer, how do you know they're going to say no? You know, now, you know, with all the no's, you, you, evaluate, you evaluate what you've been seeing and what you've been doing, and you try to tweak a little bit to get that yes answer. That's not easy for most people. Most people are going to make all sorts of excuses. And, Godfrey, did you feel any, I mean, kind of speaking of excuses, people hide behind anything. But in your case, you're from the island. You're from Trinidad and Tobago. Um, you're, you're not a natural-born American. You have an accent. You're a minority. Didn't any of that hold you back? No. Why not? Why should it? Why should it hold me back? Why should it hold anyone back? You know? As a matter of fact, I use it to my advantage. How so? I found, I found that to, 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 work, to work great for me. And, and how is that? All you got to do is one time mention you like my accent, and I, I take you for a ride. <laughs> <laughs> I did it in the restaurant business. I made friends that way, you know? And then they start talking to you and they start learning your culture. I've, I've learned to be hospitable with, with people and be polite and respect everyone. And a, a lot of people, a, a lot of folks that we go to wholesale, um, buy houses from, okay, that we look to do deals with and, and, and get your homes from, somewhere along the line, they have some emotional issue that they can bring. We we gotta we gotta find out what that is, and be a little um, sympathetic to what they're going through, show some empathy, and have them solve the problem. Gotten a knack for that, based on my my previous life and still my life of the restaurant business and dealing with people, you know, because I could tell you how many times people walk in that restaurant and angry, and upset. Yeah. I want to. I want to kick it out on everyone that's walking in that restaurant and working in that restaurant, you know. And my job was to change that attitude. So no, being a foreigner and being a minority and speaking funny, as I say sometimes to people, I speak funny, right? Has never stopped me. Has never. So once again, the only excuse or the only person stopping you is it's you. The only person that's stopping you. anyone from doing what they want to do is you. And again, I go back to saying that there's so much of it out there now with, with real estate and real estate investing and house flipping. Everybody's a house flipping expert. Everybody's a wholesaling expert. <laughs> I, I, don't, I see yeah. it all the time. You know? I drive around the corner and I'll, I'll take a picture about 10 bandit signs in one spot. <laughs> okay? And I'm like, they don't get it. You know, somebody tell them, go and put bandit signs out and they run and put bandit signs out. You know, I'm not saying it's not a, a good model. I'm not saying that you're not going to get any calls from it. But if you go into the same pond and you're fishing out the same pond that a thousand people fishing out of and you're all in one little cluster, who do you think is going to get that one or two fish running around there? <laughs> it's, it's, it's two out of the thousand. Yeah. You know, your chances are slim. Yeah, people's ability to just copycat and and steam into where everyone else is, it's almost like they feel like there should be a safety because there's others there. You're always better off cutting your own path. Yeah. If the crowd's run, running in one direction, the, the solution isn't that way. It's the kind of 180 degrees opposite, the exact opposite way the crowd is going is better for you. Yeah, and, and you actually had a, a video on that, I think, if I recall, uh, a couple of months ago about um, 
marketing and, and where to look and finding a new path, you know, um, finding somewhere that you, you can you can actually get the leads, you know, because everyone everyone is using the same tactics, everyone is, is doing the same thing. And I, my thing is word of mouth now, you know, I do a lot of word of mouth and I get a lot of, hey, yeah. Miss Joanne told me that this is what you do. I have an aunt or I have a friend that have a, a issue and trying to get rid of the house and they're looking to get a contact a real estate agent. But um, they've been told they need to fix this and fix that and they can do that, but they really have no money. Could you help? It makes a big difference. Could you help buy that house? <laughs> you can help them by, but you got you to gotta know they're in trouble, yeah. which means you got to ask. Yeah. You got to let people know what you do. You got to let them know what you do. You know, um, Keeping it a secret is not how you run a business. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be the best kept secret. You want people to, you want people to come to you and they, when they hear about a problem, when they have a problem, or they hear about a family member or a friend or a colleague or somebody with a problem with the property, you want them referring you. Yeah, you sure do want them referring you. You want everybody when the first first name and first person that comes to mind is you. You know, when they start talking, it has to be you. That's that's what I think. Totally agree. First person when they're talking and they say, they say "Hey man, so and so have a problem," because you never know who you talk to is going to be sitting down among someone who has that problem, and they'll bring up your name. I have a friend that can do this for you. Why don't you give him a call? I actually had a phone call this evening when I'm finished with you, Tom. When I'm finished with this, I am going to call the person back. They say, "Text me." And let me know when you're finished. So they could call me. I said, sure. <laughs> I expected no less. So that's why it's, it's, it's going to be a bit late. I hope they're still up because I did tell them it may be a while. You know, and they said, that's fine. Just text me when you're finished. And I'll call you. I said, okay. That's a good sign of motivation. Yeah. Godfrey, knowing what you know now, what do you wish you would have, what would you have liked to have known? What do you wish you would have known when you started? Not to go and buy four or five houses and rent them out. <laughs> <laughs> you would have avoided rental. Uh, yeah, I would have avoided the, the single family rental. Yes, that, that, that much. And so my, my whole strategy from listening to you change from, oh, you have to have rental property. You have to have a house. You've got to buy a house and rent it out. No, I, no not anymore. You would wholesale at the beginning, at the beginning. and get some money mm -hmm. in the bank. And, and like you said, and like you've always said, you wholesale, and the wholesale is to get you that, 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 that cash in your hand to, to give you a little wiggle room. And then you reach that fork in the road, and then you decide which direction you want. So there's a strategy for starting out, and there's a strategy for long term. And I, I personally find a lot of times I see people, they want to focus on their long-term strategy initially, but they, they can't get to the long-term strategy until they achieve a short-term strategy. They need cash in the bank. They need cash to get into more investments. And they, they screw that up because they're only focused on what they want long-term and they don't take care of today's right. needs. And wholesaling is a great way of taking care of today's needs. Yeah, it, it, it's, a, it's a good way to start. It's a good way to, to put money in the bank account and then, it's a good way to say, okay, you know, because again, you have people saying, uh, um, none of your, no, none of your money in the game, you know, um, invest with no money, invest with no money, invest with no money. I can't tell you how many times I hear that. And then people come to me because I do some private lending and they come to me to borrow money. And I said, well, okay, you know, I, I do 70% of the, um, loan to value, which means that, you got to come up with the other 30. Yeah. Well, so it was a 100% financing. I say, oh, hold up, hold up, hold up. You do 100% financing on the rehab. Okay, but on the, so if, 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 and I was explaining to the guy, I say, if you find a house for um, 100,000 and you need to put 50,000 into it, I'll fund the complete 50,000, but I'm only funding 70,000 of the 100,000. So you got to come up with 30. You want them to have some skin in the game. Yeah. And they say, well, uh, where am I going to get that kind of money from? I say, friends, you've got to know somebody. They say, if your deal is so solid and you believe in the deal that you're doing, then it shouldn't be a problem to get money borrowed from a friend with the right documents and the right 
structure and you should be able to get. And I could show you that too. So you've been able to take your deal-making skills and your knowledge of deals and how you do deals and turn that into making yourself a successful money lender. Right. Because you can analyze someone else's deals. But, uh, the, but people don't always have their act together and they don't want to put any skin in the game. And that, that is the key to making sure they're confident enough in their deal is making them put their money where their mouth is. Because is, you're going to put plenty of money in. But if they can put some in, you know they're serious about it. And sometimes, you know, we give a break and say, okay, you know, just, just come up with 20. Could you come up with 20? I'm not going to tell you come up with 10. I'm going to ask you to come up with 20. Yeah. You know, could you come up with 20 out, out, out of the, the 100,000? Could you come up with 20? Because I'm going to put the rest plus the rehab, you know? And if this is such a great deal, and you're telling me it's such a great deal, why are you not confident enough to pay yourself back and me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's what people miss. Yeah. You know? So you've got wholesales going on. You've got rehabs going on. You're moving towards buy and hold of multi-units and you're a private lender. So you're pretty much maximizing all of your skill set that you've built now. You're maximizing each different angle on that to be a, a very diverse real estate investor. Yeah. And I have, um, I, I did a loan. It wasn't much. They only needed, um, they needed eight grand balls. I lend them it and the interest rate wasn't high. And they make monthly payments, you know, and they send the money to um, Edwin. It's Edwin, right? Edwin, yeah. Yep. So you, you lend out of your self-directed Roth IRA, just so people yeah. understand mm -hmm. what yeah. you mean by when you say Edwin. Is Edwin, Edwin Kelly had specialized IRA services. And that lets you do it tax-free. That's right. So you're building up your retirement account in a tax-free manner simply by lending money on deals that you know you know if they're good deals or not because you're analyzing them the same way you would if you were doing the deal and you're lending someone else the money taking the money you've, you've built from wholesaling and rehabbing and lending it out and lending it out yep you've come full circle godfrey i lend it out thank you so much and um it's good that way <laughs> <laughs> i have a lot going on i keep myself busy uh, and i like being busy you know, I'm going to say busy in a good way, not in a bad way. Yeah. I just like doing things, you know. I just like doing things. I'm constantly reading material. And a matter of fact, I just bought some material on building partnerships and how to write up documents as far as building partnerships, you know, because as, as I move along, I want to get into the apartment building bit, you know, and um, purchasing apartment buildings, you know, the, the, the 20 unit, the 10 unit, the 50 unit type deals, you know. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm doing a lot of reading on, on how to structure and how to build a partnership. You know, how to, to, to partner with someone and the documents you would need for the partnership and how to structure it and whether it's an LLC or S corp or C corp, whatever have you. You know. So, you're a lifelong student who never stops learning. Never. Because as long as you invest in yourself, you know you're going to get a return. And I'm always thinking ahead, like I'm thinking into duplexes and um and fourplexes, you know, the little multi-family units, and then going into the the apartment buildings. And you you had a gentleman that that spoke at one of your um factory meetings that gave all the key with information. So he's on my list of the next step. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, just keep expanding those horizons. Yeah, Godfrey Delarosa. You're doing fantastic. I am super proud of you. Very glad to know you. And thank you for a fantastic interview. Thank you so much. And thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. And, and you're a great mentor and a, a great teacher. And um, anyone that has any doubts as to whether they should join and be part of your group and part of your team, they can give me a call. I, I could tell them differently because I've been around the block a couple of times and ran into all other different people that claim, you know. You're actually there is someone that they could actually approach and talk to and they'll have to go through four and five different people before they get an answer. You know, so um, all they have to do is join the join the, the the group and attend the meetings and if they have a question they could ask you face to face. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> thanks, Godfrey. Hey, thank you. You have a great evening and thanks for having me. You too. Thank you. Bye bye. 
Thanks for listening. Your next step is to visit GetTractionPodcast.com. There you'll find all current episodes and a link to download a free copy of Tom's Deal Flow Cheat Sheet. Happy wholesaling.